Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Netflix has done it again, knocked it out of the park. Russian Doll is the newest craze everyone's talking about. And by everybody, I mean us right now. Stay tuned. We're talking about episode one and episode two. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, everybody. Welcome to the AfterBuzz TV after show for Russian Doll. We are talking about two episodes tonight. We had a double dose of Russian Doll. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. We can't just have one. We gotta keep going with the different lives, the different yes, episodes. Uh-huh. So we're talking about Nothing in This World is Easy and The Great Escape. I'm your host, Elena Jordan, and I am not alone today. I have a phenomenal panel with me. Yes. Very excited to be here. My name is Amy Maestri. Super stoked to be doing this show with you guys. Yes, same here. And I'm Imani Jackson. And I am over this weather in Los Angeles right now. That's, <laughs> I'm going to just say that right now. I feel like we've been <laughs> living our own nightmares where every day right. we wake up and I'm like, it's raining again. <laughs> there was a yes. cloud, maybe two today. Yes. Mm. How dare it. Not into over it. Over it. <laughs> but I'm loving this show. <laughs> what are your uh, your first thoughts on this show since we're kicking off our pilot episode here? Yeah, I mean, I was super excited going into this because I am in love with Natasha Leone. I love Amy Poehler. So to see them come together on a project to create it, I was so excited. And I was just kind of blown away with how strong of a pilot it was. Yeah. Yeah, really good. For me, I was just excited because I'm just so much into spirituality and all this other stuff. So when I first heard that it's going to be about someone dying multiple times and over and over again, I'm like, sounds so familiar to me. (laughs) I think I'm dead. And I think that all of my birthmarks are those little wounds and all that other stuff. So... I was really excited and I've been enjoying it. You can relate. You're using it as a documentary. Russian Doll, the documentary. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely love this show. I think it's phenomenal. Hearing the the concept of it, it does sound very Groundhog's Day, Happy Death Day. But this is very much its own thing. I think the... Ladies behind the show, just absolutely crushing it. And I'm also excited that we got, like, awesome lady panel talking about it. Yeah. Girl, come back. So this show, we have kind of the recurring theme of the opening scene where she's in front of this mirror. She's in this bathroom at her 36th birthday party. Gotta get up, starts playing the song that is now... Etched into our brains forever. And so this, I think, is a really interesting point that she keeps coming back to this one spot, her start over spot, where we kick off the show. Uh, Nothing in this world is easy is the name of the pilot, um, which we see referenced kind of throughout it as well. What did you guys think about when the very first interaction, Maxine 
with her sweet birthday baby. <laughs> like, just, are you having fun? Like, she's the one character that we see recurring, saying the exact same thing, mm-hmm. kind of having this exact same spot. Mm. What did you guys, what was your initial takeaway of this before the, the first death? Um, I think getting to see her all the time just makes me so happy anyways, because I loved, she was a scene scene stealer in Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. She was the manicurist, and she just stole that scene, and she was so (laughs) funny. And I think her delivery on it, the way that she's kind of this central force, always tying things like that that beginning thing for Natasha's kid for Nadia, Mm -hmm. I think is, is a really great way to make it very clear for the audience to not make it like kind of messy of what's going on, but it's also just so fun because yeah, her her sweet birthday baby. Like every time, it just it just makes me feel good. What was kind of interesting though is that she actually says "Hey, sweet birthday baby" the first time and then never again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the that it's just the "Hey" is never there. It's slightly changed, yeah. but it's completely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline consistent throughout and this is the I'm, I'm just caught up because I was focused on her eyeshadow and I loved <laughs> so it I'm like dope. you know what I have to try that out maybe in a different color <laughs> but yeah I was I love that part too because it's just like she's so fun she's so bubbly and she has the drugs <laughs> <laughs> And the chicken. Don't forget yeah, the, the chicken. chicken. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about you the uh, the birthday chicken as well, because okay. that is a, a, something that keeps being brought up. Too. We'll touch a little bit more on that in the second episode. They bring up the, the chicken yeah. a little bit more subtly. But yeah, who needs a cake when you got birthday chicken, right? I thought she was going to say, I'm baking you a birthday cake. But yeah. she goes into the chicken. I'm like, chicken. Okay. Not chicken or bust, man. Uh, it's really interesting, too, seeing what Maxine's part in this is, what part she plays, because the way she introduces herself, too, and when Lizzie is there, and they're talking about creating the bathroom, and she's like, I am the artist, and you are the factory. And Mm. that's something that I think kind of plays, like, systematically a little later on, too, is because she has kind of dictated what this will be. This will be a fun... Her whole thing is, it's all about fun. Like, as long as you're here, you're having fun. But Lizzie is the one who kind of actually sets things in motion and kind of helps out Nadia, I think, too. So I think that was kind of an interesting introduction for the two of them that mm-hmm. may play in later and have... It's hard to tell yeah. what's symbolic and what's not in this yeah. show. Yeah. You're always trying to figure out, like, is this something that I should be paying attention to or right. is it just something that doesn't matter? But I think, to my point of, like, how... Like, I was saying how impressed I was with this as a pilot. Within the first three minutes, we knew... We were there for a birthday party. Mm-hmm. She's turning 36. Um, it's their their place. We know everything about th- those three characters. We immediately, in three minutes, could tell you like probably three different things about each of those characters, just yeah. for how, what they're like. And to be able to do that within the first three minutes of a pilot and still be funny? Yeah. yeah. That I was is, blown away by that. That's amazing. And I think we were brought to that moment so many times, too. So it's just yeah. like, well, <laughs> we know who you are for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
yeah, the writing in this is just so perfectly, like, it's just yeah. really tight writing. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, especially because they keep kind of going back to a lot of the same themes. Like, Oatmeal, her cat, is missing. Mm-hmm. That's the, the first kind of conflict that we're introduced to. Is She's worried because it's been three days, and she specifies, you know, this is a deli cat. It's either, you know, with me or at the deli. It's been 48 hours, so we already know something is off in her world. This I thought was really interesting, though, because then it goes into, when she's talking about the cat, her whole idea of when they're saying, oh, well, the cat's dead, and she's like, the cat's not dead, the cat's not dead. You know, he's just, he's seen things that we wouldn't even be able to survive. Like, she's seen more than we even know. And then goes into her whole belief system of, I don't believe in dictating dictating the boundaries of a sentient being's existence. Which seems to be something that plays really, really hard into this, this whole theme as well, is the idea of if there really is free will, or if everything is predictated and these different paths that she's taking... So I think that that was also a really... Like, they set all of this up even before she dies. Yeah. Is these are the yeah. concepts that we're going to be exploring. Wow. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Now, what did you guys think when they were... When we introduced Mike on the phone? First impressions of Mike when she's staring at the, the fish tank with the seven fish at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> What a dude. Well, she, she handled it well. Yeah, she, she handled it. So I, I found it uh, an interesting choice to have that be the guy that she's going to go home with. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, knowing what we know about her, like she's already, we already know she's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I just found that to be like a, a kind of oddly perfect choice because you just are like, oh, why? But it also fits in a weird way, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. It definitely lets you know, like, some insight into her character. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. her character, because you see her, she's really intelligent, but she has those asshole qualities. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she's not looking to settle down with this guy. This is clearly, mm-hmm. like, a one-off thing. Yeah. That she's like, it's my party. I'll do what I want to. Yeah. Or who I want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is also when she talks about how this used to be a school for Jews and that this is a sacred place. And that's the first time that that's introduced, mm-hmm. which... That just seemed a little foreboding, I think, as well. Did you guys kind of have that, like, oh, this is going to be yeah, because, a spiritual-based... Yeah, I mean, that's what I originally thought, because it's, she's dying so many times. What does this mean? What's happening? What's going on? So, with her bringing that up, I think that was for a reason, obviously. So, I think we'll see. Yeah, they definitely planted that seed early, so you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, like, mm-hmm. noted. <laughs> like, yeah. thanks yeah. for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe you guys shouldn't be like doing lines off of where they were reading holy texts, but you know, to each yeah. your own. <laughs> well, technically, they weren't doing lines; it was in the joint. So that's tr- well later. Well, they were later, later the comb, yeah. 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 off the comb. Let's not yeah. get crazy. <laughs> once it's the once comb, she's not the it. ground. <laughs> now, this is also when we find out that she's a software engineer, mm-hmm. and this is a concept that. I think kind of plays in there. There are several different theories about what this show is really representing. And uh, if you guys have the chance to, Stephen Lemieux, who is one of our 
producers here and also host absolutely phenomenal. He did kind of a little overview of what he thought of Russian Doll uh, and the symbolic nature of it and what he thought different things represented. Some of it I agree with. Some of it I'm like, mm, we'll expand a little bit more on this show. Mm-hmm. But a uh, little spoiler for his video. His idea is that this is representation. This is kind of a microcosm for this whole world is a computer glitch. Yeah. The reason she keeps dying is she's going back to the same save point. This is all in her computer programming. It's being mirrored and reflected here. What do you guys think of that idea? Yeah, I was just going to bring that up when you were talking about it because she she does the gaming thing. And it reminded me of a, the newest Black Mirror episode, I think, oh, yeah. with the, oh. the gamer. Yeah, and, the Bandersnatch. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't watch that whole thing, but I did catch those little glimpses. And it's, yeah, it's really symbolic in a way because she's creating... I don't even, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but I see that. (laughs) Well, that's what I think is so interesting about it is that there's so many different theories, which is what's awesome. So definitely, like, guys watching or listening, send us your theories, too, because there's so many. But the fact that, like, it can be, like, a computer-based thing. It's a coding error. It could be more of a spiritual thing. It could be this, you know, like, something happening because of the, the school that they're at and, you know, passed with that. Or it could be the drugs that are hitting her. Or, you know, like, there's so many different seeds that they're planting at this point that I feel like it's just kind of like the options are just endless for what it could be. Yeah. They're growing a whole garden of... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so many seeds have been planted. They just yeah. have a whole field of... I don't know what this is representing. <laughs> but it's interesting that she thinks it's the drugs, too. Like, she's yeah, like, yeah. you, it's something else in That here. would be my first thought. I would be like, oh, well, I'm on all of these crazy substances, and clearly they're affecting me. And that's where, I like, where Maxine was like, you didn't even smoke this. Yeah. So, like, right off the bat, <laughs> like, she was still stuck on that. She's like, no, it's still the drugs. She's like, no. <laughs> Uh, I think with, oh, I was just going to say, I think with me, I just would have been like, nah, the universe is definitely messing with me right now. Like, God or the creator, please just let me live one time. <laughs> no, what I thought was kind of cool, too, was that Mike introduces, when they're having this conversation, he's talking about the games when she said she used to work for Rock and Roll Games. Um, which I think is like a little reference to like Rockstar Games, was he mentions the games Dark Justice and Battleground Blackout, which when you think about those titles, it's like this does seem kind of like a Dark Justice that we're seeing, you know, even later on with Mike. I don't want to get spoilery for things that haven't <laughs> happened. But um, but even, you know, for her, it's, it's like, is this this feeling? Is this a, a Dark Justice? Is this... A punishment for something? Is this a retribution? Or is it just battleground blackout? Battleground, you die, you're out, you blackout, you start over. Mm. It's like they have, I mean, it's almost like even with the two names of the games that she worked on, they're setting up this dichotomy of, oh, well, this could be a multitude of things. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the way that they started to play those, those, early ideas in through different formats of, yeah, like, little name drops of, like, a video game or whatever it is, they're finding really creative ways to do it. And similar to Black Mirror, your point, Imani, is they don't mince words. Like, everything that they're saying, like, you're just like, wait, am I, I need to remember that. I need to log that because I feel like it's going to come back up again. And usually it does. Yeah. yeah. Which we also see, this is the first time that we see Horse when she leaves uh, to go get her condoms. And we see Horse for the first time. What's interesting, though, this is the first time she sees him, and her thought is, oh, I think I I know that guy. This guy's familiar, which 
at this point, she hasn't died yet, makes you wonder, is this just the first time she's remembering this loop? Is this mm-hmm. a previous thing that's mm-hmm. having some little fragmented memories, left? especially if you're thinking of, like, the, the coding aspect of it? Is this a complete restart that still has pieces? What do you guys think about Horse and what he represents? Because, man... <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm glad you brought that up because rewatching this first episode, that stuck with me. And I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah, like how many times has she died? Are we starting this late that she's already remembered him? But I think having that kind of like B story character that comes in for her to just have as again, kind of like a a through line through all of her storylines is really interesting to have it be someone who's completely separate, Mm -hmm. who's, you know, kind of got his own stuff going on that she keeps running into but that that line was very interesting to me yeah because it's like that um is it deja vu where things just feel like i've been here before Mm. so i think it is an interesting point that you know it could be a loop that we're not you know we weren't introduced to in the beginning but now we're we're getting there and we're seeing so that was really good and the, we also see her connection with Ferran when she goes to the, the gas station, the deli, mm-hmm. uh, where the cat oatmeal splits his time between her place and this deli. And we see Ferran's drunken friend stumbling around, um, but then ends up getting interrupted by these guys asking where the clockwork bar is, mm-hmm. which I also thought was an interesting kind of note that the bar is called the clockwork bar where they're already kind of setting up this idea of time plays in. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's like everything they say is like this subtle, like you're like, you're messing with me, man. <laughs> Get out of my head, Amy Buller, Natasha. Yeah, because I'm just sitting here, I'm like, she's just being an asshole, you know, that she is. Yeah. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, the fact that uh, there's Easter eggs just all over it. When when they say clockwork, too, and you're just like, stop being so good at this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just all hands point to clock hands. It's like... Yeah. Well, it's cool because it sets up an atmosphere to, to make you really want to pay attention to everything. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. not a show that, like, you can just start watching and kind of... Have on the background. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, you cannot watch it that way. Mm. So I think they really set it up to be like, no, you're going to pay attention. I mean, even just little subtle things. Like, you even look when we see her next to her computer in the poster that says, life is a killer. Uh And it's with the cigarette. And it's they keep having these like cigarette references with like the the death and the I mean even when we see her like smoking her her bong it's shaped like a gun yeah. that she has where I'm like even, also dope bong yeah <laughs> the, the very beginning too the door handles it was yeah a gun. the door yeah. handle with the click like every, really cool door I yeah. was just like oh dang look at the I know. The door. I want that bathroom. Like, I'm like, she's like, it's terrifying. I'm like, it's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Nadia is definitely over the bathroom, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to have like a life save point, a pretty dope bathroom, I think. I mean, there's worse places. You could be like next to the dumpster. That's That's true. That's very true. You know? (laughs) Now, so this is when she's leaving now, she's looking for a cat. She's mm-hmm. deciding, like, you know, I'm going to leave the party because we're talking about oatmeal. I want to go find oatmeal. And this, we do see oatmeal across the street. This is when she runs to go get him. And this is how she dies the first time. So we know that oatmeal is somehow 
I just also love that the cat's name is Oatmeal. So like, good. we're having, like, this deep philosophical discussion. We're like, Oatmeal, oatmeal definitely. <laughs> what do you think Oatmeal represents? Something. Dude, I'm serious. Something. It does. Like, I think, like, I almost am like, to me, I feel like horse and oatmeal are somehow either reiterations or, like, leftover bits of a previous timeline that's been... That I think happened three days prior because yeah. the whole thing is like oatmeal's been gone for three days. It's like a big thing that she keeps saying three days. Like this isn't, mm. you know, yeah. it's it's just, I don't know. And there's always like there's a lot of stuff just about Time cats cat. too, like in general, like that yeah. they're like that like guard like they guard like the underworld of like those kinds of things. There's a lot wow. of stories and like mm-hmm. m- like mythical creatures and things like that that kind of tie into cats mm. too. So I'm like. Of course she has a cat. Do we have to go back to Egypt? Do I need to pull out my dream dictionary? It's just... (laughs) Yeah. Everything. Even the way after she died and Oatmeal just like... Walks away just all symbolically. Just like chill. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, just oh, like, damn, mom. <laughs> like, right. like does not care at all. I'm like, my cat would be like, whoa, what? Like, but what about the? I just like to think. I would. <sighs> what about when oatmeal just? Yeah, so that happens yes. later on. That's when she was her That's, later yeah. on death too. Oatmeal oh, yeah. is just like popping in and popping out like. I'm telling you, there's something up with oatmeal. <laughs> I do like, though, that cats also have been kind of a representation of femininity, and this is really messing with the idea of feminine structures. Like, Mike is kind of more what we would see as the stereotypical female character that we don't see a lot of. Like, you know, we in yeah. most, most TV shows and movies, we have the very two-dimensional female that is just a foil of the male character where he's like, you know, we would talk some more, but I just ordered your Uber, get out of here, where we see those dynamics reversed. So I almost wonder if that's, you know, because we see them also talking about femininity and, you know, is the bathroom vaginal enough, like, yeah. the, <laughs> the way that it's designed, and you're just like, what, what? Yeah. It's like, it's a pee-pee palace, like, calm down. pee-pee <laughs> 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 um, But yeah, so she... After her first death, you know, shows up, does the whole sweet birthday baby thing again, and then Mm -hmm. she's talking about oatmeal, and this was what I thought was kind of interesting, too, where they were saying, you know, like, oh, no, he always comes back. Like, they went from the first time saying, oh, he's definitely dead, to now changing their tune saying, oh, he comes back. Like, it's almost like the nine lives of a cat Mm -hmm. is like, you'll come back, too, each of these it it almost seems like yeah. that's somewhat representative. Well, maybe that's the symbolism with the cat is that they have nine lives. Well, I think is she over past nine lives at this. She's point? at nine right now. In the second, by the end of the second episode, yeah. it's exactly nine. Oh well, maybe I counted each time yeah. she died. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I did not count, but now I'm thinking about the cat, and I'm like, well, maybe that's. Why the cat? We're seeing the cat so many times like this. So That's true. They use a lot of those devices of, as the story is going along, having certain things like that are changing tie into kind of where she's at and her journey of it, too. Which so, yeah, is, I think the cat, like the verbiage of that changing at that moment, one of those moments. This is also interesting because you mentioned how things will change. This is the first time that we've seen, because the first death, that something has been altered mm. with the fish, ketchup and mustard. Yeah. We go from, which also, bomb name for a Great fish. Names. Like, Great super names. into it. <laughs> um, but that five of the fish are now gone. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an interesting tie-in that we're seeing. And then she even asked, you know, like, did you used to have more fish? And she's like, no, I've always had two. So we know at this point that something is not quite right. And 
she's feeling this deja vu, but now Ruth has come in. She doesn't leave with Mike. She was going to leave with Mike, but now she just feels this emptiness. So now she's talking to Ruth. This is when she says, this doesn't feel like I've lived it before. This feels new. I think Mm -hmm. this is new. So she's able to be conscious even at this point of what was deja vu and what wasn't. What do you guys think Ruth's role is in all of this? Her... Remind me, which one is Ruth? Ruth is her not therapist, but is okay. a therapist. Is, I think they're related. No, are they not? I don't know. I think I got the vibe that it, yeah, that kind of like an old family friend who probably did raise her more than her, like kind uh-huh. of a maternal figure for her. Yeah, um, because her mother must have had a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why she died. So Ruth has an interesting point because when I'm watching, I'm like. Is this at first? I'm like, maybe that's her, her mom, or maybe that's her, or maybe that's I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah God, in this one, it's like know. it could be anything. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But so, um, I like Ruth so far. Um, and I think the I don't know what part we're on at this moment, but just the ambulance scene and how Ruth is yeah. just like, you know, my knees are bad, so I'll meet you yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But I like how she's supportive. She's like, okay, safe word, gotcha, girl. So, yeah, Ruth definitely. And this is, gives us a little bit of insight, too, that we now know that she's survived past her mother's age. Her mother died at 35. Yeah. She's turning 36. So this one little conversation, we now know she's got some trauma with her mother and she this was always going to be a hard birthday, a difficult birthday. So I feel like that is going to play in a little bit, too, is that this seems to be because almost it seems to me like a parallel for people with post-traumatic stress disorder or even acute stress disorder because you have where you go back to the most to the triggering moment. A lot of people have that kind of mental thing where if you have like PTSD, you'll try to avoid things that re-trigger that moment. So it almost seems like her reliving this could almost be some sort of psychological thing with her mom. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that they bring that into play so early, and uh, again, credit to the writers on this pilot, we find out so much information, so much background about her and where she's coming from, to the point of, yeah, like, finding out that, like, her her mom probably did have a mental illness, and now she's going through this, and she's really starting to lose it, because she's like, no, I'm not crazy, I hate that word crazy, and so it's just, everything she's doing is really building to the they're really just playing with all their devices right now. Yeah. Yeah, and we see, too, like, the difference between Mike and then the second time now, John is coming back, her Mm -hmm. Mm ex-boyfriend. And he's the one who's going to go help her look for the cat and then pulls her away from getting hit by the car, which we think, okay, cool, like, now we're on the right track. Psych, she dies again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you just can't miss it. Like, this one, this is when she's holding oatmeal, and oatmeal, Mm -hmm. like, she finally has oatmeal, and oatmeal vanishes. Yeah. And then she falls backwards into the water. What do you, I mean, what do you guys think? To me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Nadia, how are you dying the (laughs) simplest ways, girl? (laughs) Why are you sitting there? (laughs) Why? I'm like, why are you freaking out right there? I'm (laughs) like, you know what, let me hop off and then freak out about (laughs) oatmeal. But this is now the second death when we come back. We get Mm -hmm. another kind of little 
insider thing when um, Maxine is saying, you know, stop acting like such a victim. You're a cockroach. Mm-hmm. And then I also just love the way Natasha Leon's... I'm not a cockroach. Cockroach. <laughs> I was like, I love that she, like, adds that extra oh syllable in. I'm like, I could listen to her just say cockroach, like, cockroach. I, don't, I love it. I, I love it. Cockroach. You're a cockroach. You're a cockroach. Why would you call me a cockroach? Oh, but she's like, you can eat anything, take anything, do anything. It's impossible to destroy you. You'll never die. Look at that. So it starts with with first, yeah, like it's like the cat won't die. Don't worry, the cat will be back. Like first it's, oh, the cat's dead. Then it's, no, the cat's coming back. Now it's, you'll come back. Now it's, you're immortal. Yeah. I think even between like the fish disappearing and certain things changing and then in the moment, the cat disappearing is what's kind of crazy. Because yeah. in between the two different, you know, deaths or the two different rounds, the fish disappearing is one thing, but just actually having it disappear in front of your eyes. In her arms. So different. Yeah, very, like, Leftovers-esque. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> where'd they go? Uh, yeah, but it seems like Maxine is almost some sort of insider to give us, like, info each time she learns a little bit more. And this time we see Mike again, who saves her, like, pulls her from the steps, which... Earlier we hear Ruth say, oh, these stairs are going to be the death of me. Which I was like, ah, everything is foreshadowing. Um, (laughs) But Mike saves her and then says, you know, be careful. She walks out, she sees horse again, and then just reiterates to herself, okay, be careful. So going into the second episode, The Great Escape, we have the intro, the music choices of these two are just absolutely phenomenal. Like, all of it is so perfectly chosen. The soundtrack um, is incredible. Yeah, yeah, but it opens up with Don't Put Off Till Tomorrow, which is, you know, <laughs> perfect song, basically. But now she's actually made it to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She wakes up. It's Monday. She has this code meeting. You know, she calls Maxine. Hey, it's the cockroach. Like, yeah. <laughs> I... I just and I also love too that she calls her Nemo because that's also like the Finding Nemo like fish reference. We're now part of that is gone. So if the idea is that the things that are missing are parts of her subconscious, that would be somewhat representative of Maxine calls her Nemo. The fish are gone. Part of that consciousness is gone as well. The yeah. cat represents whatever subconscious level that's gone. Yeah. Um, but this is when uh, she's you know talking and. Maxine says, as I've said, your friends can't help you unless you let them, Mm -hmm. which that seems to be a big thing is that they're kind of giving a little bit of info that she's taking. I think of it like a video game, like, oh, take this to learn. So then the next life you don't (laughs) die again the same way. Um, But this is when she goes to see War Dog um, and it's going to find out what's in this joint. On the way, she goes to see Ferran and asks about his friend, how his friend's doing and finds out. His friend wasn't there. Timeline has changed. Uh, so that's a little something that we're like, okay. Yeah. Things are different. I like that every time she kind of gets a lead, another lead either disappears or changes on her. Or, like, every time she thinks that she's getting close, something gets pulled out. Like, the rug just gets pulled out from under her some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy because it's just, like, how frustrating. And you can see that frustration, like... Again, again, and I'm like, how many times are you gonna trip over these steps, Nadia? 
Man, rough. And Natasha Leone is just, she's so good at anger in a comedic way. Yeah. And she is so fully immersed herself in this character. Like, I Mm -hmm. have just been so blown away by her because she doesn't, she doesn't care what she looks like, what she sounds like. She is just going so hard for this character. So when she gets angry, it's the funniest thing to me because she just plays angry so funny. So well. I mean, everything she does is just so, like, she oozes this confidence. She even goes in for a meeting, like, in last night's clothes, like, shows up late and then of course the dudes all sitting around are like oh great job Phil great job Bob great job Nadia there's a problem with your code and then she points out no Bob has left this bug in here which almost makes you think okay so is this if this is supposed to be indicative of a programming error is it a situation where she didn't put the bug in something else is the bug so that mm-hmm. makes you almost wonder, okay, well, is it horse? Is it oatmeal? Like, what's what's missing? What's the part of the code that's been subtracted? Yeah. But they yeah. just stay on it long enough to go, oh, that's my drug dealer. Time to bounce. And then yeah. immediately move to a next scene. So I'm like, oh, guys. And I mean, that's yeah. the thing, too. She's obviously very good at this. She's very good at what she does with coding. So having this happen to her time and time again without being able to figure it out would be frustrating for anyone but someone yeah. with a brain like hers and analytical yeah. mind it's it, that's again a perfect setup for that character yeah. <laughs> and Def- we keep getting little clues oh go ahead oh no i'm just going to say it's definitely a bug in real life for her and it's just <laughs> like why can't I fix this glitch? Yep. <laughs> she does take little things from, like, she's learning from each one. Like, when she goes to see War Dog and he's saying, you know, this is my bar that I bought. It's pretty dope. Uh, it's got this back room. It even has a password. The password is uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Which, this is actually pretty interesting. If you guys didn't know what Jodorowsky's Dune is, uh, it's a documentary that is um, a Frank Pavich documentary, 2013 one, that was talking about uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky and what he would have done with the movie Dune, how he had the rights to it. And it's basically a story of what would have been versus losing funding and then the De Laurentiis version that we all know of Dune. So it's interesting that the password is a reference to what could have been if things were different. So I was just like, God, every detail, every (laughs) detail, they're just in it. Um, Then this is her third death. We'll just kind of go, she just kind of goes through a quick, like, rapid succession of, uh, like, falling into the street thing, which those are always dangerous. I'm glad that that actually happened because I'm yeah. terrified of those. And I'm like, see? See? <laughs> happened to her twice. So many times. <laughs> From uh, one end to the next end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going back and forth. Jeez, man. That's where I like, I think the pacing of this episode, I, I love that at this point, like somewhere, I guess kind of between act two and three, they decide to really just pick up the pace and just death after death after, after death. death. Like which again, boom, gotta get up. Got You're the like, <laughs> I think it was such a good choice for them to do that where it really picked up the pace but still gave you more information as you're going mm-hmm. through it because you're overloaded with so much information in these episodes early on and then to have that just kind of like funny and quick like yeah. pacing of these what I think yeah. it was like three through eight. Three through eight, eight was, yeah, because yeah, like, the <laughs> third one, it was like she goes, and she, this is when she goes and talks to War Dog and then meets Dr. Daniel, and Dr. Daniel's like, oh, this is a treatment for depression. Yeah. And she's like, cool, you're making me nuts, man. <laughs> uh, but I almost feel like that's kind of a, an illusion, too, if this is kind of a, an allegory to PTSD and different psychological disorders, is a lot of people, when they're given treatment or they're given medicine for something that they're like, here, try this, it's still an experimental stage, 
don't feel like it's almost like um uh like a reverse effect for them like a psychosomatic type deal where it's mm. like oh okay well this may not be the best for me even if it is the treatment because this isn't what i'm supposed to be treated for mm-hmm. and this idea that maybe this other medicine is making this kind of hiccup or skip in her brain i just oh man yeah. But didn't she try it already before this party? So it's like, well, it can't be the drugs. But it's also like, if it's ketamine, yeah, yeah, that's what Maxine is like, we've had ketamine before at a christening. I'm like, jeez, guys, like, what? Look, they have fun. (laughs) I'm like, that is like some intense. Well, mm. we've seen uh, how Nadia parties now in that brilliant tracking shot through the party of her just like shot, shot, line, cigarette, shot, like, what a great Scene. Yeah, I was just that like, was you know phenomenal. what? Might as well just enjoy this party. You're gonna die anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, go to sleep plays yeah. in the background where it's like, yeah. oh my god, all the music is so perfect. It's so perfect. Uh, but this, she finally she wakes up again. Lizzie's there in her like little bang pile, and this is when she gets kind of another clue. We keep going to Maxine, but then Lizzie says, you know, there's the artist and the person who executes it. And it's the key is knowing who to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another thing, like in different games, video games and things like you'll go, you'll try to go to the same thing. And then it's, Oh, it's actually, you were supposed to go to this other thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it feels is it's like, okay, Maxine is here for one specific reason, but Lizzie is who you need to go to for help. It's, I thought that was interesting, too, that Maxine is always in the kitchen, and we see this great scene with Ruth where she's talking about, you know, we don't need to go downstairs to where my patients are because that wouldn't suit you. You've always loved the kitchen. It represents sustenance, uh, safety, nourishment, all the things that you were missing when you were little. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maxine is always in the kitchen. She's always birthday baby, always calls her baby, always, you know, are you having fun? Those are kind of the the primal things, like the the forever young type mentality. So it almost, you wonder, okay, well, does Maxine represent her idea of what her youth should have been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Maxine's kind of a, a safety net to her. Yeah. It's kind of like a safe space between the actual space and just Maxine as a friend to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why it kind of hurt her even more when she was just like, no, maybe you're just crazy. Like, that was obviously going to be a trigger for her because of mental illness in her family. But I think mm-hmm. also because Maxine typically is a safe space for her, that kind mm-hmm. of, like, I think hit her even harder, too. And the yeah. juxtaposition with Maxine and Ruth, because Maxine keeps trying to make her this chicken, Whereas she goes in and she's just eating the chicken in yeah. Ruth's fridge. That's, yeah. you know, the rotisserie chicken that's already there. Like, this yeah. sustenance, this mm. nourishment, it's already there. We don't have to wait for it to bake. She had a perfectly good chicken and she threw it on the floor at Maxine's. So. <laughs> I thought she was going to slip on the chicken and die. And die on the chicken. It's like, that is some <laughs> like, dark she, justice right she there. slip on the chicken in front of everyone oh. and just die. <laughs> I also Beautiful. thought it was interesting kind of talking about, like, the safe word thing is record player. Mm-hmm. is the word that she uses to be like, look, <laughs> if things are really, really bad, record player, and this idea of things going back around and the the songs all having this really yeah. big impact. I, mm, the writers on this show, you guys are amazing. It's, I just, wow. it's hard to keep up. It's really dumb how smart <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, and so this is when we get to where she dies the final time, is this wreck that we have in the uh, the ambulance 
where she has her mother's necklace and she's like, I don't want to take it off. And they're Mm -hmm. trying to restrain her and all this. This is the first time she wakes up and she has this determination where she knows she kisses her necklace and she's like, nobody's going to lock us up. You know, let's go tear up this party. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention too earlier, we saw when she was walking down the street, the lady walking her dog and the couple with their baby, when she goes back and is walking down the street, the baby is gone and so is the dog. So that was one thing that I didn't catch the first time. So I was like, something is off here, but what is it? First, it's pets. It's the fish, then the dog, mm. then the baby. Mm. So it's you can see her baby. taking it in too. You can yeah. see her scanning that everything like, now. Something is not quite right here. Yeah. Um, but this is when we get into where she's saying, you know, this is the greatest party ever. Maxine is all happy. You're having fun. Her objective is accomplished. She's like, you know, it's never going to be Thursday again. This is, it's all there is ever going to be. It's just this party and nothing is ever going to change. And then we see the flowers dying. Yes. Yeah. What do you guys think that represents? Oh, I honestly, I don't even know. Yeah. I'm just because I, I peeped in. I'm like, okay, they're dying. They're slowly dying. Just like. <laughs> For me, it had something to do with like a time lapse uh-huh. where like. It, is 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 it moving slower or faster because these flowers are dying at a very quick pace. Yeah. She's dying at a very quick pace, but really not because it's still like the way that it's paced out. Right. So I yeah, I was just like, I don't I don't, I don't know what to think of that. Come on, guys. Cuz they don't disappear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is also good because if we were just seeing like corpses of fishes and dogs and babies, that would yeah. be very sad. So Hard it's pass. like certain Hard things. <laughs> things go away and then certain things yeah I just I can't wait to see where else this goes and where this takes us Uh, now I know we're kind of coming up to the end of time here but before we go we did have a little bit of news as well After Buzz TV News yeah so we've been wondering about Russian Doll if this is kind of a one time thing if this is all going to wrap up if this season is it Natasha Leon actually did an interview where she said um, to uh, GamesRadar.com, the Hollywood reporter, she was mentioning that she, we definitely pitched it as a three-season idea. And yet it's so interesting to think about how that shapes and morphs in the time since making it. Who knows if we'll be lucky enough to go back down the rabbit hole. That's tomorrow's questions, but I think we have some ideas. Mm. So it's interesting to think of this. If it is a three-season pitch, then this is basically act one of this Typical three act structure. Yeah. Wild. (laughs) My head is going to explode. Wild. And I think you found a little bit of news as well. Yeah, so I thought this was a cool thing for the first episode. Um, basically, this is on uh, E! News, E! Online, if you guys want to check it out. But um, so, uh, Leon tells E! News that it all started with a phone call from Amy Poehler that didn't start as the kind of call you would hope to get from Amy Poehler. So uh, Leon says, she called, up, she called me up about seven years ago, and she said, Natasha, as long as I've known you, you've always been the oldest girl in the world. And I said, what kind of insult phone call is this, Amy? How'd you get my number? What do you want from me? Leon recalls. She said, what I'd like, young man is to create a series with you sort of based on something like that concept and then I was delighted and I was delighted and more than game so I think it's really cool to hear that story of it It was literally just Amy Poehler being like oh yeah this is a fitting kind of storyline for someone who has such an old soul in a young body let's kind of figure out a way to play with that and then Russian Doll was kind of born from that so I thought that was pretty cool Amy Poehler so much Mm. she's on my phone background (laughs) 
Quarantina. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches get yeah. stuff done. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I this is just this whole show I feel is definitely a delight. Like for them working on it, definitely for us watching yeah. it. Yeah. And we love hearing from you guys too. We're delighted when we hear your comments and be sure to rate, give us those five stars, those thumbs up, all that good stuff. We're all over the place. Yeah. iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, YouTube. Go to all of them. Everywhere. Yeah, We're everywhere. following you everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and you can follow us everywhere, too. Where can we follow you guys? You can follow me at Imani Ajag in ImaniJTV.com. Yeah, and you can follow me at Amy Maestri on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Elena Jordan on Twitter and at Elena J. Jordan on Instagram. I'm not going to be here next week because I'm going to be in Hawaii for Amazing Comic Con Aloha. So if you're in Honolulu... Come see me. Come say hey. Uh, but either way, let us know what you thought of this episode, what you think overall, and keep sending us those comments. These guys will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.